Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Internet Marketing. Jeff is one of my go-tos for analytics, information, and learning, and has been for a long time now, probably somewhere between five to 10 years, and also on the paid media learning side as well. I find your courses, Jeff, really easy to follow. You go in depth, you have the kind of video content that I really like absorbing and the pacing that matches my approach to learning. So I really appreciate all of the advice and all of the information that you give in your courses. And it's a pleasure to have you back on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me and for such a nice intro. It's great to hear. And that's that's what I try to do. I try to make the complex things more simple. And you do it well and you've helped me out in my career. Actually, on this topic, I was thinking about your career. You've been on this podcast before. We've spoken it on the podcast before. I'm not going to ask you to go into detail about all of the steps in your career and the evolution of your career. But I was sitting here thinking you have, with Data Driven You, got to the point where my assumption is you're putting out so much informational content. You're producing so many courses now and they're thorough courses. At one point, you weren't doing that. At one point, you were managing Google Ads accounts, Google Analytics accounts. What are you doing today? Do you spend most of your time producing content? Yeah, that's that's a pretty fair way to put it. I consider myself a full-time educator now. And prior to that, I was an executive in an agency and a partner in an agency. And so I, I did client work for quite some time. And then I, I sort of got a little bit burnt out on it. And I, I realized that I enjoy teaching even more. And I think I can have a bigger impact on people personally versus more mass marketing type stuff. And so that's pretty much what I do now. And it, it comes to various forms of content, like you mentioned, but it's it's really around the the what I said before about making things that are complex more empowering to you. So you can actually say, oh, I can do this versus it has to be some gatekeeper who does it or it has to be a black box, how mm. digital marketing works. I'm interested in your learning approach because I was thinking about the content that you produce, how quick you are to produce content, how quick you are to produce courses. With Google Analytics 4, for example, when Google announces Google Analytics 4, when you get your hands on that product for software for the first time, talk me through how you approach learning. Yeah, so that's that's a good one. Google Analytics 4 is a really good example because it's the first time in quite some time that I've had to start fresh, that I've had to like be a dum-dum and not know anything and not know how things worked. And feel intimidated and overwhelmed. And so I can give you a timeline of that. The first thing was denial. (laughs) Um, You know, it's almost like the stages of grief. Like the first thing was like, okay, Google has a new analytics thing out there. Back then it was, it was called app plus web. And I clicked on it. I tried it and I was like, this thing is really slow. It doesn't work very well. I have to create a Google cloud account. I'm not really interested in this thing. And I just ignored it, tucked it away for another day. 
fast forward like a year later, I hadn't touched my account, but then they say app plus web is now Google analytics Four, And I was like, okay, you know, maybe I should start learning this thing. It's got a name now. It's the new version of Google analytics. It's, you know, they're going to probably at some point replace the old version. So I was like, okay, I have to learn this now. That's like October, 2020. And so I learned it similar to, or actually I, I learned in a multimedia form. Um, so I, I learned by doing, I learned by talking and I learned by thinking. Okay. So it's like a little bit of everything. And that's, that's what I encourage anybody to do when it comes to, when it comes to learning a skill, it's the only way you can really make a skill defensible or indefensible where nobody can ever get it away from you. And, and those three things are, you know, the, the, the learning by doing is simply logging into a tool, clicking around, seeing what breaks, seeing what happens in a low impact environment. We can all do that. Um, a lot of people actually don't, they, they don't get that, um, in a, in a classroom environment. And, and so, you know, but, but you can all do that, right? That's, that's the, like usually the self-starters or the, the do-it-yourselfers, that's what they do, right? Um, they don't know what they don't know. They know enough to be dangerous. And maybe that's all people end up doing. Then there's the one, and I said the, the middle one, I said learning by talking, but it's actually more learning by listening. And that is, I ask questions and then I listen to people who are smarter than me that gives me answers. So if I went to a conference, I'd be like, hey, what are you thinking about GA4? What's, what's going on here? I'll get them to tell me, like, I'll listen to what they say and I'll get my opinion of the, the world map. So I'll, I'll build out this world of what is, what is GA4? What does it represent? What are people's opinions on it that, that are closer to it than me? And I sort of just file those things away in my head. I'm like, okay, well, this, this person says that Universal is going to be going away soon. That's something I need to, to make sure that I focus on. This person loves the event-based model. This person loves that BigQuery is free included in it. You know, this person um, doesn't like it because the interface is ugly, <laughs> you know? So that's like the talking and listening, right? And then the final one is, the final part of it is just pulling it all together and turning it into a way where you start to say, okay, well, this is how I feel. This is my opinion of it. And you, you, you iterate. So you try it mm -hmm. out, you see if it works, you, you see if what doesn't work and you start to just go forward with, okay, well, here's, here's where I'm at. I'm at the point now where I have an opinion of this platform and I could even teach it to somebody there. And then yeah. usually teaching is I do one course and I suck at it. I'm just terrible <laughs> at it. I stumble. I don't know where anything is. The buttons don't work. I fail, you know, in public, I fail in front mm -hmm. of everybody. Um, if I'm doing a live course or I fail to my editor, if I'm doing a video course and get used to it. And then I, by the second time I do it, I'm better. Third time I do it, I'm like, I know this thing inside out. I know now GA4 after doing five cohorts and teaching it for multiple years, I know this platform so inside out that it's like, it's, it's something that nobody could ever take away from me. And so that's sort of how I go through these areas. And then as far as producing that into content and selling it as courses, I do them at very, you know, I, I, I might sell a course early, but let people know I'm learning this thing as we go along. So there's, that appeals to certain people. I might say, Hey, this is pretty robust. Now you need to jump in there. This appeals to somebody who is ready to go forward. So, um, it's, 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 it's interesting, but it's really, it's just me externally putting out my learning process. And that's sort of how I learn something new is I'm not afraid to fail. And I just am transparent with people. I'm learning this as we go along. We're all learning it together. And you can see how I'm learning it. And I'll be that resource for you along the way.
the word that's coming to mind is like there's a level of reassurance to that that you're saying like i think sometimes when something like google analytics 4 comes out and there's a big change in an industry it can feel very overwhelming and if you feel isolated in going through that process alone that can lead to procrastination and i think what you've just said there is one of the reasons probably i love your content as well is because i feel like i'm being i'm walking through that journey with someone else that's going through it and so that gets you a level of buy-in from me, your pupil or yeah. your customer. Yeah, I'm, I would say that I'm one of the few instructors who will fail in front of people and then say, don't cut that out. I want people to see me failing to let them know that it's okay. And I want to see the, how we figure out how to deal with problems. Because almost everything is just problem solving. Like it's really just figuring out how do you get the result you're looking for. Um, the steps and the mechanics change all the time, but the skill around problem solving is is timeless. I imagine there have been a lot of GA4 failures so far. Is that correct? So many times. Like if, if I teach live, I fail every session at least once. Like I'll be like, hey, when we go into the debug mode, you're going to see this cool data and then I can't actually get it to work. And then somebody's like, oh yeah, that w- that's been down since Tuesday. You know, <laughs> Or like, hey, you know, if I'm creating this variable, here it is. And then the variable doesn't show up. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is because of this. So yeah, I, I, I'm failing a lot with GA4. So when we speak to our customers in our agency and I'm speaking to peers, I'm describing Google Analytics for, from a Google Analytics product perspective, as the biggest development that I've seen in Google Analytics for the last decade. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I I call it Y2K for analytics. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, similar. Um, And one of the reasons that I asked that is because I'm interested to know if you think from, you mentioned there that you... Uh, download a lot of information from people you're you're absorbing the kind of questions that are coming up do you think that generally people are understanding the scale of google analytics 4 and how different it is from universal analytics that's a good question i think there's there's if if you look at the what they call like i call it the early adopter curve i'm not sure exactly what the name of it is but it's you know basically you have the early adopters you have the early majority late majority and laggards you know and it sort of works with every technology um 2021 until March of 2022 was just early adopters. It was the people who aren't afraid of trying something new. They like to try the newest and latest, greatest technology. And that's who they were. Um, right now it's early majority very much still. And that's people, you know, that's about 45% of the population. And those are the people who are like, okay, well, this thing is tested enough that I can try it, but also I want to, um, I want to make sure that I that there's enough documentation to go forward. So that's been from when they announced that Universal is sunsetting back in March of 2022 until it's going to be until July 1st when they completely sunset Universal Analytics. So during that 13-month window will be the early majority. Then we're going to get the late majority and then we're going to get laggards who may never convert over in the first place. So, um, you know, I, I think that the people who have made the conversion, they're starting, you know, the early majority or the, the early adopters sort of know what's going on. They know that it's an event-based model. They know there's better ways to get data out. They know that it has more privacy controls and features. It's more lightweight. They've discovered that either on their own or read the, the messaging about it. But I think that people are still at the point where they're still trying to internalize and fully grasp what all this means. Like, what does it mean to have an event-based data model? What does it mean to have big query integration or the ability to do more customization, custom dimensions, and so on. So I think that people are starting to hear these words, um, but whether it's retained for them or, or learned fully, only time they're going to learn that is if they take a course, really, um, or if they do it themselves, right? So either they have to DIY or DWI, done with you. 
And for anyone listening in February 2023, where are they on that scale? Would you say if they're listening to this for the first time, this is their first introduction to Google Analytics 4? I mean, I'd still call it early majority. So that you're on the front half of the curve. Um, you know, you can, you know, and, and if you're listening and you're hearing about it for the first time now, here's what you can do. Here's the 80-20 of making your life easier. Um, there's a few things you can do. One is you can just install the Google Analytics. You can create a Google Analytics 4 property in your exact same Google Analytics account you've always had. So in your same one that has Universal, you can create a new property for GA4. It's really the only option they show you in the interface. They'll give you uh, what's called a data stream, which is which is where you send your data into, and then that has code in it that you'd put on your site. What you what I recommend doing is taking that code or or using something like Google Tag Manager and installing the GA4 snippet in your site, just like you have Universal Analytics. Doing it, you know, just just doing that, and that is basically going to give you data coming in. Um, there's something that's automatically turned on in your data stream called enhanced measurement. That'll give you some basic event tracking like scrolls and all kinds of other stuff, site search. Um, with that one, you might want to turn off the, the form interactions of the different enhanced measurements. And then if you run that, you'll have data so that when you stop collecting universal July 1 of 2023, you'll have data. So you'd be an early majority because you did this before the cutover. And that's that's like the 80-20 of being an early majority. And on those key dates, so could you just remind listeners, again, anyone that's either knows about Google Analytics 4, or maybe if they're new to it, what are some of the key dates regarding the sunsetting of UA and how long people will have access to data in Universal Analytics? Yeah, so we've already lost some key dates. You know, one key date was in 2022 on July 1 is that, that you if you installed GA4, you would have year over year reports within GA4. That's gone, right? It's like I'm not going to talk too much about the past. There was like the installed on January one of the of 2023, so you could have a year, a full year of data. Right now, you're at the point where if you don't get it before July one, July one on that day, Universal Analytics, even if you have the code on your site, Google will not collect it. They'll just it'll be like uh, a force field around their servers. They'll just ignore it. They'll just completely ignore any any analytics request that's not using GA4. So they'll the data will go to their servers and they'll just deny it. They won't store it. They won't collect it. They won't do anything. Um, so no matter what, if you have the code on your site, they're just going to ignore you with the universal analytics. So that's the big the the big date that we're we're going to. What the implications of that are important to know is that if you've been using a universal analytics account since it came out or or in the last decade say that you've used it since 2006 when it was out there as a beta you would no longer have data on on your site you'd no longer have any website data from you know you'd have the old stuff but then on July 1 you'd have a gap and you'd have this unexplained zero visitors zero sessions type thing on your report, zero traffic sources, zero conversions, zero everything. If you were running Google Ads campaigns that were tied to the Google Analytics conversions, you'd lose that. If you were running an integration with other platforms, you that would be gone too. You know, if you're if if you have anything that that pulls the Google Analytics data in there, if you run a report for your company, for your business in, in Looker Studio or another tool, that'd just be gone. Like you'd just log in and you just you'd have one day and then you'd have two days, three days, and consecutive days with nothing just be a void <laughs> right and so that's that's pretty scary right and the second date 
the second big data. So, so you definitely want to get something in GA4 before then, because then otherwise it goes from having no data to some data. Like if you don't have that in place, you have, instead of having some data, you have zero data. The other thing is um, at some point they're going to delete the data from Google Analytics Universal. They're going to actually not just stop collecting it. They're going to delete all your historical data. They guarantee that they're going to keep that for at least six months. I'm doing air quotes here. You can't see it, but at least six months, which means that basically somewhere after January 1, 2024, they're going to delete all your old data. It's just going to be out. Um, you'll log in to Google Analytics and you won't even see a history of your last 15 years. It'll be deleted from your account. <laughs> and so that's pretty scary, obviously. And so those are the two key dates. You need to you want to get something on your site by July 1 and then you want to have you want to do a backup of your old data by December 31st. Those are the key dates that I'd talk about. And the longer that you leave it, the more difficult the year-on-year analysis is going to be, is that correct? Yeah, I mean that's that's the big thing is, mm-hmm. you know, depending on there's there's usually a workaround, but if you just if you're just if if your way of reporting or or knowing your view of the world is that you log into Google Analytics and it gives you a number for a time period, you will not be able to log into Google Analytics and get a number for a time period mm-hmm. <laughs> because you'll have to go to different systems. So if you're like, hey, how do we do March this year versus March last year? You'd have to log into two different systems. Eventually, one system will just delete march right so so eventually it'll be gone so yeah you you wouldn't have like a clean reporting system now the workaround is to connect via the api through something like looker studio and you could Mm -hmm. do a report that way um that's the easiest way to do it but it wouldn't really unify your data into one view you'd have to have two different queries two different charts now there are some backup solutions that will unify it for you using stuff like BigQuery and cloud computing and, and platforms. Um, I demoed one to my audience from Analytics Canvas that's super promising. There's super metrics. There are ways that, there are systems that will just, you click a button and it will back up your data for you. And then it will merge the queries between GA4 and Universal. But those all cost money. And mm-hmm. um, you can't really, you can't sit on it, right? You can't just wait for that you know, you, you have to, you have to, you'd have to make those things happen in 2023 if you want to have any data in 2024 guaranteed for you. But you've touched there, Jeff, on something that I think is maybe misunderstood by some businesses and marketers who are maybe approaching Google Analytics 4 for the first time. We've had uh, clients and prospects question the extent of implementation, like how difficult is it to implement Google Analytics 4? And for example, what you've just said there about the integration and seamlessness of reporting is one consideration that isn't tied to Google Analytics 4. Do you get these same questions? Do you get businesses or marketers asking you, you know, why can't I just use the Google Analytics 4 migration tool and follow the articles? I do get those questions. Yeah. Like why would Mm -hmm. they take my certification course versus the free Google one? Why would they use GA4 now when Universal is still their primary reporting tool? Why would they do anything, you know? And and I think that it's the wrong question. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the the right question is do we want to pers- do we value analytics? Do we value data at all? And do we want to continue using Google's solutions that are provided to us for free with, you know, with an advertising bias? It's very much biased towards advertising. Or do we want to rethink our relationship with website data and analytics altogether. So that's probably the right question is, do we want to, you know, do we want to rethink this whole thing 
do we even value analytics? What, what numbers should we be paying attention to? What matters to our business? Because Google Analytics has a lot of irrelevant data, a lot of stuff that you don't really need, you know, thousands and thousands of metrics that you'll never look at that are geared. A lot of them are geared towards advertising or geared towards certain types of businesses that, is that you may not be. So that's the, the first question. The second one is if you decide to go forward with Google Analytics and ride, ride with it, then the question is how can I, how can I get the most out of Google Analytics for what our business needs, right? So the first question is, do I need analytics? What do I need? And the second one is, how do I get Google Analytics to mold to my business? And then the third one is, okay, now that I've mapped out what I, my strategy and what I want, third one is, how do I implement this? And generally speaking, anybody can weigh in on strategy, executives, people on the team, um, marketers, so on. Everybody has their own thing that they're interested in their own KPIs they're measured by that's 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 actually relatively easy to say what what's important to you the next thing is a specialized knowledge to make GA4 the system that tells you what's important to you regularly on you know you know in a way that you can rely on so that's the, where you might need some kind of training or some kind of certification some kind of experience in doing that so some people need a little bit of experience or just a little bit of world building and some people need a lot of it because they're the ultimate ones who are responsible for getting it out there so i think the answer to that is really just depends on well i think i mean i can give a custom answer to any business but most people what they really need to do is figure out what is important to them and then chances are google analytics will tell them that from a technical standpoint Companies that have maybe complex universal analytics migrations, that might make it more difficult to migrate to Google Analytics 4. And I'm just thinking about the practicalities of that. What would make a Google Analytics 4 migration more complex? What should we be looking out for? Yeah. So, and you, you touched upon this in the last question. I, I forgot mm. to address it. So I'm going to just talk about migrations for a second and just mm-hmm. sort of like define what I think migration is. Because I think it means some different things to different people, right? Some yep. people think a migration is just reports. Some people think it's tagging and in-depth, right? You're, you're obviously thinking about some of the depth of the structure mm. and tagging from that perspective, which is super important. But migration in general, you know, yeah, one is what does migration mean to you? You had mentioned like the Google's provided migration tool, which there's, there's a few migration tools that they have, but they're all junk and mm. I wouldn't really rely on it. One of them is the audience migration tool and the user migration tool. So you can migrate users and audiences built in your universal to, to GA4. That one's like a, you know, if, if, if you have built some really amazing audiences you use for remarketing or for any kind of advertising, they'll do that for you. Believe it or not, they'll, they'll, make, your, they'll make it easier to spend money with ads. <laughs> they'll build a tool for that. Um, <laughs> migration of data that's non-existent. There's no way to migrate data, right? Um, mm-hmm. The data in Universal will never get into your GA4. Then there's the then there's like the migration of tagging and the, and the setup you have. So, mm-hmm. for example, one migration would be your e-commerce tracking. Another one would be event tracking. When I think of migration and, and mapping and what you had in Universal and complex installations, it's always events to me, custom mm-hmm. dimensions and e-commerce. Those are the three big buckets that I can think of. Um, those ones, honestly, like the behavior of those things is very similar between Universal and GA4. The main difference is syntax or like how it's written, how the code is working mm-hmm. for e-commerce. And then the other one is syntax for you know things like custom dimensions. 
and then limits on the system is a big one. So like you can have 50 custom dimensions in GA4, but you can only have 20 in universal analytics. I, I might be misspeaking. I, mm-hmm. I always have to look at the article to get the exact limits, but they've raised the limits on how many customizations you can do, custom dimensions and so on. Um, so those are all things that you would basically say, hey, I had 20 custom dimensions before. Now I get 50. Do I want to map out the 50 of them? Um, mm-hmm. Hey, I used to have e-commerce tracking. Now I have e-commerce tracking with a different syntax. How do I get my developers to make sure that it works with universe, or with GA4? So those migrations are sort of just like, how do you adjust to the new limitations and opportunities that are out there? Now, the big one that's really hard and really can you can screw up the most, in my opinion, by far, is event tracking. And that's because mm-hmm. Universal Analytics has an event tracking model, but it's not like a data structure at all. It's like you have an action category label and value. There's four parameters, but they're not related to each other. <laughs> so you can do an event and you can either add all those in there or not, but there's no like hierarchy at all. It's just there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to, you know, and then, and then the GA4 event model, it's very structured. It's, you have an event name and then underneath that event name, you can have up to 25 parameters. So you can have a bunch of different parameters. So an event name, um, the example I use in my course is a basketball game was played. That's the name. The basketball game is an mm-hmm. event name. And then a parameter would be home team, Minnesota Timberwolves, away team, Golden State Warriors, final score is a parameter, leading score. You know, you could have a bunch of different mm-hmm. things about that particular game. Those are the different parameters beneath it. So you have the game and then everything below it. Now, if you try to go from a four-part universal analytics event structure and then click on a box in ga4 to just automatically turn that into ga4 events you don't have the same nuance or structure they basically just take the event name and then put all those things under there as parameters and it can totally mess up everything you're doing so this is the one where you have to almost completely rethink how you think of your world that you live in um, (laughs) if you want to migrate your events that's the one that's the most challenging but also um, I think it's it's a huge opportunity to have like a like to have these objects of events where you can build a better world. If that makes mm. sense. So I'm thinking e-commerce websites and maybe publishing websites that you'd expect to have quite a few events tracked in Universal Analytics. Those would be more challenging, perhaps, to migrate to Google Analytics for, or at least would require a little bit of extra planning and consideration in the way you've just described. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the the thing is, that's interesting, though, is this event based model is how every other analytics tool works, basically. (laughs) It's how user tracking behavior tools work. It's how, um, like, open source tools work. It's a pretty common, it's how Facebook's pixel works. It's how Google's, um, they have recommended events, you know, it's, it's basically just modernizing the way of looking at it. It used to be the the Google Analytics data structure from Universal is it 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 has roots back in the early t- before the year 2000. So like the Y2K thing is pretty relevant there. It was built before Y2K. Modern stuff is really built on modern data structures which are events and parameters. What are some of the unexpected obstacles that you are seeing people face? So you've talked through there a lot of uh, logic related to the technical side of the implementation. Is there anything maybe unexpected that you s- still see people struggle with? To me the biggest thing is that the reason why we got into Google Analytics in the first place with the previous version was because 
you could just put a piece of code on your site and you'd get data and it looked awesome. It worked and it was reliable. It was, it was great that like you didn't really have to think about analytics. You could just put a piece of code on there and you'd get something that was not, was beyond good enough. It was awesome. Um, now if you put the code on there, you'll get basically the same thing, but it doesn't look as nice. It doesn't really have as much, um, you know, it doesn't have as much pizzazz as universal analytics in my opinion. Um, but you have to actually know what you're looking for a lot more now if you want to extend it. So you can't accidentally just have awesome reports here. You, you need to, you can accidentally have good reports, but to be awesome makes you really think a lot more about what you want with your data, what your strategy is. So this system is a lot more customizable. And when things are custom, you need to think about it, right? Cause custom means usually not cookie cutter. Obviously it means that it's not um, following a set of parameters or rules. And so the biggest challenge I think is that once people, if people get excited about it and they put it out there, they have a learning curve that they're going to need to do to understand how to ask for the data they want to see. So they can get way more data, way more meaningful reports, a better data structure, all this stuff. It, GA4 is a better product, but it's a harder product to learn from a learning curve perspective. So the basics are about the same, but the the next level requires some kind of training or thought. Do you think that that means it benefits more naturally data-driven marketers than those that aren't? I like to say that it's more of an analyst's tool than a marketer's tool. Uh, a marketer thinks about it in terms of their campaigns and an analyst thinks about it in terms of like like the greater good, right? So so it's not as it's not as selfish of a tool. It's it's more something where you have to be thoughtful about it. But yeah, I think that that's a pretty fair assessment as well though. It's you know, if you're a data-driven marketer, then you would want you'd have a better grip on what you want to see and what and the definition of of success. Um if you're not, then you wouldn't you wouldn't really know what you're looking for because you would you don't, you're afraid of data, right? So yeah, if you have that curiosity, which you have to have curiosity to be a data-driven marketer, this has a canvas that you can mold much more than you could have done the old one. So I'm sensing that you like what you're seeing from Google Analytics for, at least in terms of the direction. It sounds like you think that it's really going to benefit curious and data-driven marketers. Is there anything that you have struggled to learn or adapt to yourself when it comes to Google Analytics for? Anything that you, you're looking at and you actually don't like at the moment? I don't like how the charts look. <laughs> I thought that it was very thoughtfully designed in the previous one. And this one's a lot more minimalist. So I think the aesthetics aren't as good. It's sort of ugly and more functional than, than insp- inspirational. Um, I don't like how I often I'll be working on stuff like trying to do a real time report or trying to do the user explorer or trying to do the debug mode. And it just doesn't work. I never, I don't recall ever having universal analytics just not work. Like just, Hey, that's not working. Like they were a lot more reliable. This is, it feels like a beta, like we're in a beta right now, which I think is true. Although they made it a, a not beta right away, which is a mistake. So I think that, I mean, ultimately I like where it's coming. I like the roadmap for how they're adding things into it. I really don't like the Google aspect of how they rolled it out and how they Mm -hmm. treat their users. And on the flip side of that, any particular features or functions of Google Analytics for that you just love and you can't you cannot wait for other people to start using or for Google to start developing even further. Yeah, I mean I, I like the promise of the monetization reports being more than just e-commerce. So it, it uh, yeah. can, can be good for publishers, although documentation is pretty lacking on that. So it's just sort of there. 
Um, I like that I can customize the interface, which is amazing. So you can get rid of reports that aren't important to you. Um, the customization abilities, adding in um, the event-based model, adding in custom dimensions and stuff like that is really cool. That feeds the exploration reports, which are super fast and powerful. So that was something that was severely lacking in in universal analytics because of their data structure. I like the some of the I like the ability you can mess with attribution models and see how that changes throughout the product. I like how you can I, I, the customization is really my big thing on it. That's that's really nice. I like that it's modernized. I like that they have the consent mode built into it so you can sort of um, you can be more privacy focused if if your users want that. There's a lot for me to like about about the platform, and especially since it's it's in year one point five or I guess year two we'll call it of the platform. It's further along at this point than Universal was or that that the old version of GA was. I think we just have like these rose colored glasses that the old system was perfect, even though it was really starting to fall apart for several years. I think as you were talking there about the things that you like, maybe did you touch on the data driven attribution model that they're using? No, I haven't touched on that yet, but I'm happy oh. to, to weigh in on that. So, is uh, a, one, one, Sorry, Jeff, one of the things I was going to ask is that um, the reason I raise it, I thought you had noted it as you were talking there, but um, one of the reasons I raise it is because I realize that's one of the things that I'm probably most excited about myself. Mm. And, you know, historically, when we've been discussing attribution with clients or prospects, sometimes just the concept of using attribution and understanding it in Google Analytics has proven a little bit difficult, but people seem to immediately get or understand this data-driven model in Google Analytics uh, more so than the previous models. I'm just curious about what you've seen so far. Let's let's define the, the attribution re- really quick, and then we'll get into the model. Mm-hmm. So attribution is obviously how you give credit to a conversion. Maybe it's not obvious, but it's how you give credit to a conversion. So if somebody bought from you and they, the last thing they did was click on an ad, you'd say the ad is what drove this conversion. There's also one called first click. So if somebody converted from you, bought something, and the first way they came to your site was through organic search, then the person who's in charge of organic search wants to wants to give credit to that sale to themselves, right? So the larger the organization and the more marketing you do, the more channels you use, the, the harder it is to attribute revenue to specific things. And so you had the ability to run a report in Universal where it would say, okay, well, Here's the last click attribution model. Here's the first click. Here's time-based. Here's linear. All these different attribution models. But it would just show you a report, change your totals, and then it wouldn't really reflect ever again in the interface. The only way to get to it was on that report. Now, now they have something, a new model that's the default model, and it's called data-driven attribution. And that's using a math algorithm to decide how they want to distribute the the credit for a conversion between all the different touch points. So they're going to automatically, instead of saying 100% goes to the last way they came in, 100% goes to the first way or anything else, they're they're weighing and distributing the percentages for you automatically. And that is in every single report from the from the ground up, which is pretty cool. So basically it's it's making attribution a lot more a lot less of an issue. It's basically they're doing their best to weigh it. Now there's there might be some challenges with it along the lines of, well, data driven. Google is going to automatically use the data to say that it's ads, which which it probably does happen to a certain extent. But at least now you're not nitpicking over what's right. You're they're using an algorithm to decide what's right. Yeah, that's interesting because it's in contrast to what we were just discussing about maybe 
Google Analytics 4 being more oriented or perhaps easier to use, less of a learning curve for data-driven marketers. This is counter to that. This attribution, uh, this data-driven attribution is maybe easier for non-data-driven marketers to actually adopt and uh, generate some insights from. Jeff, in closing, for people that want to learn more about this topic, we've talked about courses. I've talked about the benefits of your courses. Where can they find you and where can they find data-driven you? Yeah, so our website is datadrivenu.com. And on the homepage, you can see all the courses we have around GA4 and then other programs as well. We have a special offer on our Google Analytics 4 Mastery course right on the homepage. And that will give you a nice discount. And then that's pre-recorded videos. So those are videos of me going through the interface that, that teach how GA4 works. We've edited out some of the failures, but some of them are still in there. That's like the, if you want to do it at your own pace. And then every month or two months or so, we offer a live cohort where we teach it live. And and the advantage of that one beyond just recordings of videos is that you have to show up, you have to participate. We have an assignment that you can do and quizzes to verify that you've learned it. And then at the end, and you can ask us your questions. You get, you get to ask any questions you want of us and we'll answer them. So we'll give you We'll, you know, we'll, we'll answer your specific questions. And at the end of that, you get a certification. So you can be certified in GA4 from Data Driven U. And um, it's a much harder certification to earn than the free one that Google puts out there. And for a lot of people, it's really a watershed moment to, to reinforce how much they've learned and how much they know about this new system. And so those are our two offerings. We have some other stuff like our GA4 toolbox, which is a um, set of standard operating procedures or SOPs that you can use to do it yourself. Um, so we have something for everyone, depending on how much you want to learn the system and how much you want to do it on your own. Yeah. And somewhere in preparation for this podcast, and just as I've been looking around at Google Analytics for related topics, I recall coming across a Google document that you put together about Google Analytics for FAQs. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We've, yeah. Done, that. we've done FAQs. I've, I've answered a lot of them on my YouTube channel. I mean, I get a lot of common questions, but a lot of unique ones. And so we do whatever we can to put it out there. Yeah, I think we, yeah, I think we sent an email just a few weeks ago with like, here's the questions we've been answering or getting. And we just answered them for you just in case you had some, some questions. So I think that'd be a good one to, to link out to as well. All of the details in order to contact Jeff and Data Driven You will be in the show notes as will all the resources that we've discussed today. Jeff, for now, all I want to say is thanks so much for your time. And this has been the Internet Marketing Podcast. Take care. Thanks for having me. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.